0: So um, it is lovely to be here. It's, uh, I've, I think I've actually only been to Steichel once before to the, uh, to the church. Obviously, have been to Steichel itself many times. Um, I'm now in Attleborough in Uneaton. But it was lovely because Lisa just uh, tapped me on the shoulder in the worship and said, do you remember us? And I looked around and I was like, yes, I do. And it is such an encouragement because uh, when I was curate at Finham. Uh, I remember Lisa and Shane coming with their first baby, who they were very, very proud of, and coming for baptism. And uh, I I just remember the moment when it was so clear that they straight away wanted to follow Jesus. And uh, it's great when you see people uh, carrying on in the Lord and still part of the church. That is just amazing. So could we um, have some slides up and the next one, please? How the BBC represented singleness. Seriously, this was their picture um, when it was talking about uh, the number of singles going up. So this was their picture, a poor, sad, lonely man sitting there with his party hat on and nobody to share his cake. How sad is that? But actually, I think there's more truth in that than often we would allow ourselves. We're like, oh, poor person. So as the vicar of uh, Holy Trinity, and I've been the vicar of St. George's in Camden, and often one of the first things that said to me, oh, poor you living all alone in that big house. Now, I'm guessing that you would say the same. So um, we haven't had opportunity to try that out. But it's an interesting perspective on singleness that we're... If you're married, you often see it as, oh, dear. If you're single, you may see it as an issue. You might actually be very comfortable with it. And one of the things that we'll uh, talk about is this idea of actually, well, how does it feel to be single? What are the things actually that get people's goat? You know, they have those videos now um, that are like, you know, what not to say to. You know, well, what are the what not to say to a single person? Might be worth thinking about. The number of singles is going up. So uh, if you look at the census results, the decade 2001 to 2011, there was an increase in the number of single households, single people. So 41% of Stichel Ward. So I know that's not the same as uh, the parish here. Um, it doesn't quite coincide. But it's still an interesting figure that for the ward of Stijl, 41% are living in a single household. So they're not married, they're not cohabiting, they're just in a single household. Just out of interest, just give me a wave if you are single uh, yourself. So quite a few of us. What type of single? That's one of the problems here, really here, uh, which is there are loads of different types of being single. And we can forget that. But what type of single could be, like me, never married, no children. Um, It could be a single parent, but never married. So nearly a quarter of families with dependent children are headed by a lone parent. Have you thought about that? That's a lot of people, and 86% of them are women, and I'm guessing there may well be people here who are in that situation. You could be a divorced single parent. It's very common. You could be divorced but not have children. You could be separated. You could be widowed. The range is huge in terms of the types of single people. And isn't that one of the problems when we talk about singleness? So often we kind of go, oh, single, well, we're talking young people. Well, we're not. We might be talking about people who are in their 80s, 90s or more. We might be talking about people like myself. There's a whole range. So it's just worth being aware of that singleness is biblical very very definitely yes it is actually okay to be single there's a quote that comes up later on uh, but i'll read it to you now Um, it says when tackled singleness is often spoken of as a temporary problem happily solved by marriage that's often how it's viewed and especially if you're younger it's usually, oh, you'll be all right. You'll find somebody. That's often the way it's looked at. Uh, you will go to, people will say, oh, come around for dinner. And you arrive around for dinner, and you find it's not just you and the people who've uh, invited you. It's you plus another person who is usually of the opposite sex, just in case, because you never know. Now, that's all meant... In, in good faith and actually I have had some lovely times with um, guys that I've met in those instances I'm still not married to them <laughs> and uh, neither is it that helpful um, I did have an offer of marriage once which did catch me out slightly I was uh, like you sitting in church and uh, a man who I had no idea who he was this young guy came up and said the Lord's told me I, I should marry you Lovely. Thank you ever so much. He hasn't told me. It's kind of a bit of a problem there. But definitely, singleness is okay. It's equally valid. And I know Josh has said this um, in previous weeks, but coming from a single person, I just want to say again, it is really equally valid. So we don't need to marry people off necessarily, which doesn't mean that we don't necessarily want to be married but we just don't need marrying off, whether you're widowed or divorced or separated or whatever the context is. Um, Jeremiah the prophet in the Old Testament, there were loads of singles in the Bible. Um, Jeremiah was one of those singles. However, I wouldn't say that Jeremiah is necessarily the person to model ourselves on in many respects. Who wants to be like Jeremiah? It was a tough calling, but he did follow God and God said to him very clearly uh, that, that he wasn't going to be married. That actually, um, you shall not take a wife, nor shall you have sons or daughters in this place. It was really clear. Okay, so that would maybe be okay. A bit tough, maybe, in his culture at that time. Uh, but then it went on to say, and neither shall you like go to weddings and parties and socialise. It's like, whoa, it's not having that. So I, as a single person... Love being with my friends, love going out, doing all the other things. I am not a sad, lonely person with my hat on, um, sitting at the table with my whole cake, feeling sad and sorry for myself. That has changed though over the years. Not that I think I've ever been quite in the sad and lonely situation, but when I became a Christian, so I was uh, 19 years old when I became a Christian, and one of the reasons for that change, so I to be honest, I didn't even know really what a Christian was at that point in my life, but I remember having been out with my hockey friends, we'd all been out and uh, we'd been partying, which I have to say was kind of the normal part, you played hockey, you partied, you went to practice, you went out to the pub and so on, but I remember getting home and feeling desperately alone and desperately unsure of my future, and actually that led to me questioning well is this it do I go to uni do I get a good degree a good education I get a good job oh great brilliant and there seemed to be this pattern that was that sort of way you you basically you have a good education then you get a good job you get married you have children you die that's it and I began to question whether that really was it And it was uh, then I made friends with somebody. Well, I was already friends with her, but I hadn't really clicked at the beginning. She was a Christian because probably wouldn't have been friends with her if I'd known at the time. Uh, But I became friends with her and she said, God really loves you. And actually, my initial response was, don't be stupid. Who is God anyway? But actually, I couldn't get away from that thing that God really loves me and he loves me as me. And it doesn't matter actually what my situation is. It doesn't matter what happens. And uh, fairly soon after that, I actually became a Christian, much to her surprise. But that's really key, that question of who we are in Christ. It actually isn't who we are in Christ as a married person, as a single person. It's who we are. It's our identity. We'll talk maybe a little bit more about that in a little moment. But let's go back to... um, uh, the Bible. So let's go on to the next one. So singleness as a gift. You see, Jesus talked about singleness as a gift, so I reckon if Jesus talks about it, it's all right, and it really is, even though maybe our culture and the culture even of the day wouldn't really have seen singleness as a gift. This was, a, this was totally different. The normal way and, and as it has been probably since then, and still is the case, was that singleness wasn't considered a gift. And yet Jesus seems to say it is. So he's been talking, and he says, this teaching doesn't apply to everyone, but only to those whom God has given it. For there are different reasons why eunuchs cannot marry. Some because they were born that way, others because men made them that way. Others do not marry for the sake of the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven. Let him who can accept this teaching do so. Now, by eunuch, uh, we we all have a picture of eunuch in our heads. Actually, it could have meant virgin as well. Again, not a word we use very often. We're happier usually with eunuch than virgin when we're talking from the front of church. But actually, that's what it meant. And um, Jesus actually says, although it doesn't apply to everyone, and it's only for some people, it's a gift. Because... If you are not married for the sake of the kingdom of heaven, if if God has given you that situation, then that's actually okay. It's a gift. And if Jesus is our model, and he was a fully human man, he was a, a man with all the sexual desires, all the normal temptations, all the other things that went on for any human being, Jesus faced. So, we can't say, oh, yeah, but that was Jesus. It was all right for him. It doesn't work like that. That was Jesus, and he was like us. And that helps us, I think, and gives us a model. Jesus wasn't married. It's okay for us to live a celibate life and to be like him. But it doesn't mean it's everyone's gift. Very clearly, there are people who are married, and that is absolutely amazing. That's an ord- that was ordained by God in Genesis. We see it right from the very beginning. But if actually that's not to be the way, singleness is equally valid. So if we go on to the next slide, uh, let's look at Paul. So Paul carries on with this theme of singleness as a gift, And he actually says, I wish you could all be single like me. I don't know that I'd necessarily say that. I just think both are good. But in a way, by him saying that, he's saying, look, this is okay. This is something good. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each of you has your own gift from God. Now, he's just been talking about marriage. But then he goes on to this bit, which is, well, I'm not married, but it's a gift. So he's picking up Jesus' kind of theme here. And uh, he carries on to say, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it's good for them to stay unmarried as I do. But if they can't control themselves, they should marry, for it's better to marry than to burn with passion. So there are options here. It's not like there's just one way. Let's just keep going. So the next part. So if you've got your Bibles, you might want to um, have a look at it. So it's 1 Corinthians 7. Um And you can see, so this is partly the parts we read and partly a few extra bits as well. Uh, It's page 1148 in your Bibles, if you want to have a look at it. So the context of this is marriage, but then there are these elements that are about, I mean, obviously, if you're going to talk about marriage, then there's a kind of reverse part of that, which is what happens when your marriage ends, Or what happens if you're not married? So your marriage might end because you're widowed. Your marriage might end because you're divorced or separated. Or you may never be married. And the first thing, verse 17, uh, nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned them to, just as God has called them. So there's just that sense of like, this is okay. It's okay to be me in this situation. It's not wrong. Um, and then he goes on to say, I'd like you to be free from worry. An unmarried man concerns himself with the Lord's work but he, because he's trying to please the Lord. But a married man concerns himself with worldly matters because he wants to please his wife. And so he is pulled in two directions. Now, I wish I could say that I was not pulled in uh, two directions because I'm not married. I can't always say that. I think probably that's true to some extent it's not true totally Um, so I've often had people say to me oh well that's okay you could take a job anywhere you could be a vicar anywhere I was like well yes I could but that doesn't take into account my family doesn't take into account my friends actually I have uh, boundaries and limitations on what I might look for just as much as Josh would have and in fact I might say to married people well actually to be honest, it's easier for you to go somewhere new than it is for me. Because if I go, it's just me. So when I moved to Coventry, it was just me. I didn't bring anybody else with me, so I didn't have a spouse to share the ups and downs of starting a whole new life in a whole new place. So, I mean, the swings and roundabouts, of course there are. But there is that sense in which, yes, probably I am freer, to follow the Lord's work. And I certainly know that that's been part of my calling, is to follow God's work. But that doesn't mean that my calling or my relationship with God, for that matter, is necessarily any better than anybody else's. Probably isn't, certainly isn't, I don't think. But there is that sense, particularly if you are married, you absolutely have to take that into account. Now, I was saying at the earlier service that... uh, um, my dad died uh, not that long ago, so shortly before Easter. And one of the things my mum said when we were trying to pull the tribute together really struck me. And she said, uh, you know, we, we always did things together. We never One of us never moved in a particular direction unless the other agreed. And we always moved together in whatever we moved into. And, and I don't have that. So I do, of course, have my mum to take into account now, quite rightly. I do have my best friends, but I'm not in that, quite in that same covenant relationship that in a marriage I would be. I'm sort of in a covenant relationship with my best friends, but that's, by, that's not quite the same, and it never will be quite the same. But it, absolutely, I will take them into account. And in fact, it's one of the reasons why I'm still in the area. Because friends that I made when uh, I was a curate, so my best friend, who we'll see later on, um, lives in Coventry. And so, actually, I really didn't want to go a long way away. Because that is critical. But I think that there is something in that, in terms of our relationships. So, a few thoughts then. It's not always easy. It's not always easy being married, I am guessing. Is that fair to say? (laughs) It's not always easy being single. A life without heirs, that actually should say is possible rather than possibly. Although possibly is true because you see you might be single and have children in which case you have got heirs. But if you're single as I am, then actually, you don't, and it's funny how many people say, "Well, at least my, at least my my uh, line and my character and who I am will continue in my children." Well, actually, I don't have that. But you see, I think what Jesus and Paul, after him, were doing was they were being quite countercultural, in in effect saying, "Actually, this earthly world is not it. This isn't it. There is more." And when I became a Christian, that was, I think, part of it was, yes, this really isn't it. There was so much more because there is a God in heaven who loves me. But my life does not end with my death. I am assured of my place with Jesus, as each of us is. And I'm assured of my place with him. And it's my family with him that's guaranteed. So My future is guaranteed with him, not actually because of my family, not because of what I leave behind. My future is guaranteed, actually, in many ways, because of what's in front of me, as well as what's behind me in the cross and the resurrection. So it's worth kind of thinking about that, but I think that applies even if you're married, and even if you have children, I think that applies, that actually we sometimes need to kind of lift our eyes a little bit and have not just an earthly perspective but an internal perspective because God is the one who guarantees our future. None of us know what our futures will hold. So what about um, some of the other things then? Choice or circumstance? I wonder how many singles here are single by choice. Probably very few people actually would say that. So if you're divorced, I'm absolutely certain that was never, ever the choice that you wanted to be your life. If you are um, single and not married, you may well still be thinking, "But but I do want to be married. Often uh, I was talking to some people from the 8 o'clock service and they were saying, having just been widowed, how many people said, oh, don't worry, you'll find somebody. And it's like, well, of course, they might want that, but but actually that's not going to make them whole. That's not going to fill the gap. That's not going to be the answer. And, of course, it goes back to the where does your wholeness come from? So I'm me and I'm whole as I am and actually even my mum who's getting used to being a widow is whole actually. I'm absolutely certain at the moment that she doesn't feel very whole at all at times but in Christ she is. God knows our past and he knows our future and actually he's the one who holds us whatever happens. None of us know, none of us can predict My mum didn't know she was going to be a widow just before Easter. She had no idea. Absolutely none. But the truth is that in Christ, we are whole. We don't depend actually on a husband or even a best friend to be whole. And that's really important. Being intentional about this makes such a difference. So, We can still choose, no matter what our circumstances are. We can choose to be content in our situation. Um, In Philippians chapter 4, Paul says, I've learned to be content whatever the situation, whether in plenty or in want. Whatever the situation, I can be content. Now, you might have to learn to be content. It's not necessarily going to come straight away, I remember um, a youth worker who I was looking after saying, Alison, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I really wondered what was going to come. It was like, uh, uh, maybe. And, and you might be able to help me. And we had a conversation about being single. She was like, well, you're single. How is it okay? And she was obviously younger than I was. And actually, as we talked it through, she'd been somebody who, who had sort of almost been that... that desperate i i need to find somebody i need someone who i can spend the rest of my life with but no matter how much our need is and how much our desire is it doesn't mean it's going to happen but actually i noticed a change in her after that conversation and i noticed a contentment coming now was that every day every moment i am pretty sure it wasn't but she was learning to be content in the situation she was in would she be delighted if she got married? Yes, absolutely. But she was beginning to be content as she was, as a single person, thriving as a single person rather than surviving. Back to that quote singleness is not a temporary problem to be solved by marriage. We actually want us to thrive, whoever we are, in whatever situation. I, came across, I met this lady, uh, if we move on to the next slide. Yep, thank you. Uh, I met this lady who's called Kate Wharton um, at New Wine at the Leaders' Conference. Um, now, I don't think I could go this far. She had a kind of uh, ceremony service in church and basically made some vows about staying single. And there are people who feel called by God to do that and uh, I can't remember but I think she may actually now wear a wedding ring because in her eyes and before the Lord she has she has committed herself in that covenant relationship to God himself and she said this I felt he God had given me a choice if you want to get married and have kids you can that can happen but actually my best for you the thing I'm really calling you to is to stay single so you can speak and teach about this. Now, I don't think I could say that that's... I I don't have that strong a a feeling about it, I guess. But it is something... It's an interesting one, that actually being called to stay single... And there are people um, over the years who have been called to stay single. Mostly we've seen it in the Catholic Church, as nuns and priests and uh, monks as well. But actually, there's a new generation... Of spirituality that can also recognise that that can say no I am I'm going to choose to stay single for God and not only that but I can be awesome in it single taken who cares I'm awesome I liked that I wasn't sure about the taken actually that was the only bit I was like really. But I do like that thing of, you know, actually, who cares? I'm awesome. And, well, what about sex? That's surely, that is a question that we have to ask. Uh, we know that the Bible is really clear uh, that it says there is no room for sex outside marriage. That is the ordained place of God for sex I used to teach before I became a vicar and uh, I taught biology. So invariably I would get to the the kind of biology of sex and we would talk about contraception, we would talk about sex, we would talk about uh, kind of what it all means. I know that I was the only teacher in that school ever saying, but actually there is an alternative. There is an alternative and it's actually not to have sex. And actually, until you're in a committed relationship, it's not the right place. Now, we as Christians would go even further than that, than that and say, if it's a committed relationship, then it's marriage. And we need to get married before we do all the rest of it. The number of people, and I'm sure Josh knows too, people come to get married and are like, oh, it's okay, we've done it. We've, we've done everything right Uh, So we've um, we've got our house sorted. Now we've had the kids. And we've got our finances a bit more sorted. And we've had our big holiday. And now we're going to get married. And I'm like, actually, you didn't get it the right way around. It was supposed to be marriage. And then everything else comes after that. that That's totally countercultural. Tricky? Actually, yes, in our culture. Let's face it. If you're single, there are 101,001 messages around you that are saying, "Ah, it's okay, just sleep with whoever, it doesn't really matter. If you're going out with somebody, if you love them, then it's fine. That is the total message. And never would you really see on TV anything where it's like, you've got to get married and then do it. That's... And every book that you would read, just about every novel, has somebody falling in love who, uh, the, you know, within a short time, they're going to sleep with them. Well, actually, no, that's not what we're going to be about as single people. Tricky, yes, but impossible, no. So it is possible to be celibate, and Jesus himself was celibate. And Paul himself was celibate. So it is possible, and it's not only possible, but it's possible to be happy within it. So I think the uh, current prevailing philosophy, well, it's probably been around for a long, long time, actually, but the prevailing philosophy would be, well, it's a natural urge, so you should fulfil it. Well, actually, yes, yes potentially you could say you can describe it as a natural urge it's what we are designed if you like for but God said that that's to be within marriage now my view is that I'm going to trust God to help me be celibate I'm going to trust God that by the power of his Holy Spirit in the same way that he can sort out all the other things within me that you know he can do that, he can give me the power to do that sex isn't wrong, sex isn't bad of course it isn't it's ordained by God but in a particular context so that means that he will help me to stay pure to be actually one with him and not to commit myself to be one with someone else until I'm actually in the context of a married relationship does that have Uh, some difficult parts of course it does but actually even if you're married you still have to make that commitment so it doesn't make it easy necessary you know I've met numerous people who said oh well I couldn't help it because I loved him you know and they're in a married relationship and they've their marriage has failed and they've ended up going off with somebody else and again I can imagine there may well be people here who've who've been on the receiving end that. That's not love. Actually, God gives us the ability to control our desires and to stay pure. So really important uh, that we know that it is possible and we can be happy. But should it go wrong, well, actually, we come back to the Lord and we start again. It's not that there isn't a way back. And some of us will have Uh, our pasts will be lives that have not been celibate. That doesn't mean there isn't a future. We come to the Lord, we know his forgiveness, we're coming in a moment to bread and wine, and we will know his uh, forgiveness as we take bread and wine. So what else then? Let's uh, go on. Redefining family, well God did that for us a long time ago, Um, but God sets the lonely in families. We know that married people can be lonely as well as single people, of course. But the loneliness for a a single person, if you're living on your own, I think is still different. There isn't anyone, if I get back late after a difficult meeting, actually, there isn't necessarily somebody that I can phone if it's late. Whereas if you were at home... With somebody, yeah, you'd probably nudge them and wake them up if necessary. There isn't anyone to make you dinner when you've been out and you're tired. So, actually, we need each other. And this is actually um, just coffee after church at, at my church. Part of being church is actually us being multi generational and in every life stage. And I love that about church. I love the fact that actually you've got children running around and you've got uh, grandparents, the equivalent of, and everybody in between. But family is not 2.2 kids and a mum and a dad. Family is us, just as we see it. But actually, if we go on, this is, I think, really key for us, which is friends. So this is me on holiday uh, with two of my friends. Uh, So some of you probably know... Uh, some of the people in that photo, apart from me. But basically, I would not be me, and I wouldn't survive without my best friends, And I certainly wouldn't survive I've got one friend who's, who's particularly close. And actually, that's what makes it okay. Because although they wouldn't appreciate a phone call at midnight, actually, I could if I needed to. And I know that I could. And I know that I can find comfort. And, you know, it's not wrong to have physical comfort from friends. One of my kind of, one of my bugbears as a single person is when people assume that because I've got a best friend that therefore I must be gay. Why? Whoever said that friendship wasn't allowed? Whoever changed friendship into something sexual? So actually if my best friend has given me a hug and someone happens to see it, I'm not gay, but I might need a hug and I might sometimes need her to put her arm around me and say it's okay or to take my hand and that's no different whether you're male or female. We all need that kind of love and touch and companionship. So let's not devalue friendship and I think uh, if I'm right, you're carrying on to look at friendship. Is that right next week? week? Did it last week, sorry, yeah. I knew it was soon or being. So really, really important. Last thing, churches and single, being church and being single. Uh, To many people, the church looks like a church of the married for the married. That was a phrase that I found somewhere. And that can be true. We have to be really careful. How to be single-friendly is, um, we, we do need to think about this. So you've got some figures there. In the 25 to 39 age range, 13% 13% of married adults attend a church at least once a month, but only 5% of singles. So sometimes you will find that in terms of the younger generation, there's a bit of a mismatch. It's, I know by, by leading a church, it's much easier to actually reach out to married families because it's natural to be able to run things for kids. It, but the main thing is we just need to be aware that we have got singles and to make them feel part and parcel. So don't aim everything at families. Make sure there's some other things going on. But equally, if you're going to run a singles night, I probably won't be here. If you said, oh, we're going to run, we're going to have a party for singles, I'd be like, great, I'm going to the pub. Because <laughs> actually that, that wouldn't do it for me. If you say, we're all going down the pub, fine, I might well join you. And actually, I'd expect that to be a mixture of married people and single people. I I wouldn't really think about it. So you've just got to kind of be aware of that there's a real mixture of people. So if we just move on to the last slide, it's all about being a single, friendly church. I don't think there are any particular answers. I just think you need to value us all as we are. And think of us as whole people, not as people who need someone else to make them whole. I've often had friends who are families, and I've had friends who are single people. Often, obviously, I don't have children, as I think I said, but actually, I love being around the kids at church. That's brilliant. That's, that's a real joy. And uh, I remember the Sunday after my dad had died, and I was back at church, and I'd led the service, and I was just at the back of church, all being fine, and actually, little Arlo came to me and just kind of gave me a hug and I was like yes that's all I needed and he's tiny but but actually you know having that opportunity to be with children to be with families that's all part of it so we're not all the same so help single people to thrive and not just survive